Well, I don't know about you, but I am once again shocked that it is the end of the year. I feel like every year when the time comes to take out the holiday decorations from the attic, I'm like caught unawares feeling like I just put these decorations back in the attic. Like, how is it time to get them out again? (laughs) And thankfully, at least in my business, things are essentially done. I've got another newborn that could be due or is due anytime now. So I'm sure I'll probably photograph that baby before the end of the year. But other than that, I just have a few sessions to deliver and make sure that everything gets where it's going before the holidays, all of which can be done from the comfort of my office, which is a huge relief. And as easy as it is to just kind of check out entirely at this point or start thinking about the plans that I want to make for next year, I do like to set aside some time at the end of each year to really take a moment and look back over the course of the current year to consider what worked, what didn't work, and why those things did or didn't work. And so I thought that it might be helpful for you, for me to share the six questions that I like to explore to get the real answers when it's time for me to take stock of the year in review. Before we dive in, though, thank you to everyone who very enthusiastically uh, responded to my email a couple of weeks ago. I asked whether you would be interested in me putting together a bit of marketing inspiration in January. And I got hundreds of responses. Um, so thank you to all of you who took the time to hit reply and um, and give me the thumbs up. It sounds like that might be just what the doctor ordered for a lot of you. The plan, in case you are not on my email list, is that um, I am going to put together a series of Really quick videos. These are bite-sized marketing tips, tricks, lessons, assignments, all that sort of stuff. And I am dripping them out day by day for the 31 days of January. I'm going to call it the January jumpstart. And uh, yeah, the way that it's going to work is that you go over and sign up at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash jumpstart. And starting New Year's Day, you'll just get a quick email from me every morning for the rest of the month with a bite-sized marketing video in there. It's not intended to be a challenge. It's not a competition. I'm not hosting a Facebook group about it. And I am, most importantly, I'm not selling anything. This is just something that I wanted to put together as a little gift to you guys. Get your wheels turning for the year. This is not meant to be the substitute for, you know, if you are getting ready to sign up for somebody's marketing class, this, this would be a supplement, not a replacement. But if you're interested, including those of you who, uh, hit reply, you still need to sign up. You're not signed up until you actually go in and register. So go to thiscan'tbethathard.com slash jumpstart, enter your name and email address. And of course, I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes as well. You can register anytime from now to the beginning of January. But while you're thinking of it, why don't you do it right now? Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, 
actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. So we're going to start our review of the year with the obvious metric that every business owner looks at and some business owners really obsess over, and that is money. But I want to go a little bit deeper than just, you know, how much money did you make this year? There are two money questions that you have to look at equally. You have to look at them together. And that is how much money came into your business this year and how much money did you spend in your business this year? What were your expenses? And the reason that I'm asking those two questions together and that you need to look at those two questions together is that they really are, uh, you can't understand one without the other. Most entrepreneurs look at their top line, their gross income, which is the total amount of money that came in over the course of the year. But then there's also your net income, right? The amount of money that's left over once you subtract all of your expenses from that gross income. And you need to look at both because otherwise they don't really mean anything. If you made $50,000 last year and your expenses were $30,000, And then this year you made $70,000, but your expenses went up to $50,000. You essentially made the same amount of money. You've grown your business. Obviously, you're bringing in more revenue, but you haven't grown your profits and you actually percentage-wise decreased your profit margin. Now, if that's intentional and you are, you know, in a growth phase and you're hiring people or, you know, you've taken on a bunch of new equipment or something like that with the idea that in the future, that's going to, the expenses piece is going to come down. That's not necessarily bad, but it is important that it's intentional because if it's unintentional, if your expenses crept up and you weren't um, aware of how and why they did that, you need to figure that out and get it under control so that you can actually start to be more profitable. On the other hand, if you made, you know, $50,000 two years in a row, but your expenses went from $30,000 the first year down to $10,000 the second year, you essentially gave yourself a $20,000 raise and you increased your profit margin. So that would be, even though it doesn't seem on the surface like growth, it is growth because you are, um, you're keeping more money in your business. So when you're looking at your gross numbers, obviously you want to look at what the number is, but you also want to do some investigating into where that number came from. So if you have, you know, different kinds of offerings, if you photograph weddings and also portraits, where, what's the division, right? What's most popular? What's most profitable? Um, those are good things to know, not just based on your general sense of things, but from the actual data, I want you to look and see like weddings brought in $50,000 and portraits brought in $40,000, but my expenses for weddings were $25,000, whereas my portrait expenses were just $10,000. You know, you can start to really see what's doing more for your business. Same thing with your expenses, not just what was the total of the expenses, but what were the kinds of things that you were spending your money on? What categories do they fall under as you are spending money? I shared a studio several years ago with a friend and 
I remember the first year that I was doing my taxes that I had the studio, I was looking at the numbers thinking that my rent for the studio would have been my big cost. But actually, (laughs) when I ran my numbers from that year, my restaurant expenses had gone from essentially nothing when I was working from home to much more because the studio that I was in was in this fun area of the downtown area. And, you know, I'd go grab lunch or meet people for drinks at least a couple of times a week. And that ended up being... Uh, it wasn't total, it wasn't a, a larger amount than my rent, but it definitely made a bigger impact because whereas the rent was helping me bring in more business, I wasn't being terribly strategic about, you know, lunches and drinks and things like that. And that just ended up being a drain on my profit. So I'm not here to judge or give you guidelines about what you need to be spending money on in your business, but it again comes down to your intention. Understanding what's bringing in money and what's draining money is really, really important when you start planning for your next year so that that intention can move forward. All right. So number one and number two are both money related. You're going to consider your income and your expenses. And then the third thing that I want you to look at is how many clients you worked with or how many jobs you took over the course of 2021. So Anyone who has gone through either of my courses, Simple Sales Blueprint or Revenue on Repeat, knows that part of how I teach them to price their work is based on how many clients they want to work with over the course of a year. But of course, wanting to work with, say, 100 clients over the course of a year doesn't mean that you'll actually get hired by 100 clients, right? It's also possible to hit your numbers and realize that in retrospect, You said you wanted to work with 100 clients. You did work with 100 clients, but (laughs) now you don't want to work with that many clients. Or maybe like, yeah, I worked with 100 clients and I had plenty of time for more clients. I could actually take on more. It is way too easy to only look at what's in front of you at any given time. You know, I have four sessions this coming week or something like that and forget to look at the bigger picture of how... Those numbers play out over the course of the year. Most of us are busier during certain seasons than other seasons. So, you know, at this point in December, maybe you're on the heels of your busy season and you're feeling like, whoa, I took on way too much work. But if you look back and you really think through systematically how you felt about the workload over the course of the year, you can then be more intentional about what your goals are for the following year and maybe what your education of your clients is for the following year. How can we put structures and systems in place to encourage our clients to book earlier or uh, spread the workout a little bit more, right? Taking the opportunity to actually count the number of clients that you took on this year and then, you know, kind of give it the Goldilocks test. Uh, Was it too much, too little, or just right? And that will allow you to set goals that are going to be in alignment with the kind of business that you want to be running. The, The idea is that every year we learn from our experiences and we take that knowledge and that understanding and we use it to make our business better, to make our business work better for us in the coming year. 
In the same vein, the fourth item on the list of things that you want to take stock of is less about hard data and more about just kind of checking in with yourself. And this is, I want you to spend some time meditating on the type of work that you did this year and how that is sitting with you for now. And I want you to start broadly. So in general, did you feel happy and excited about the jobs that you were doing? Or, you know, were you doing that like dread in the pit of your stomach thing the day before you had a session? Once you have a general idea of how you're liking the work you're doing, try and drill down a little bit on that. So, you know, who were your favorite clients to work with? Or who were the most difficult clients that you worked with? And I actually mean, think specifically of those those individuals or those couples or, you know, whoever it is that you worked with. Who were the ones that were easy and fun? Who were the ones that were hard that you, you know, had a bad taste in your mouth about? The more specific that you can get about why those people were easy or difficult, why you enjoyed working with them or didn't enjoy working with them, the better. Um, and you definitely will learn as much or more from the hard jobs <laughs> than you will from the easy jobs. But what that allows you to do and what considering this allows you to do is add to your ever-growing knowledge base about who your ideal clients are. You're always going to be refining uh, and tweaking your understanding of your bluebirds but this exercise gives you kind of the perfect opportunity to check in on your current bluebirds, you know, define your current ideal clients as you finish out the year and prepare for the next. When you know who your ideal clients are through and through, the clearer you are on that, the better you are going to communicate to future ideal clients. You're going to tweak the messaging on your website, what you say in social, how your emails come across, all of those things will end up attracting your ideal clients and repelling the people who are going to be a drain on your energy and your time. Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join The Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to The Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. Number five, I want you to consider what the biggest obstacles that you have faced in your business this year were and how you can change your business to overcome those obstacles in the future. So if your problem that you identify is, I'm not making enough money, great. I need you to dig deeper. So is this an issue where you need to be charging more per client? Or is it an issue where you need to work with more clients? 
If your problem is that you need more clients, great. Dig deeper on that too. Do you need more inquiries? Do you need better inquiries? Like, are you needing to be more attractive to the right people? Or do you need to convert more of the people who are reaching out into actually jobs, paid jobs that, you know, you're getting hired for? If your obstacle is time management, that begs the question, like, where is your time going? What what were the drains on your time that made it so that you weren't able to complete the goals or tasks that you needed to complete? Do you have problems with client communication? Do you have problems with the, you know, the the gear that you have, the tech that you have, the systems that you have? <laughs> you see my point. Basically, you are quickly going to be able to identify that you have a problem. That's not the hard part. You can we can all sit here and complain like, ah, I'm bleeding. But sometimes it's hard to find the source of the bleeding, right? Where is the injury? What is the cause of the problem that you can very quickly identify? And of course, getting to the root of the problem, getting to the source of the injury is the way that we are going to end up being able to heal it rather than just put a Band-Aid on it, which is what in the moment as we are going through the year, and especially when we're busy, Oftentimes, the Band-Aid is the only solution that we have the energy for. So this end-of-year check-in is a great time to figure out what the, what the root of the problem might be so that as you set your goals for next year, you're able to prioritize healing the injury. On the flip side, I want you to also take stock of your greatest achievements. So this is number six. And I like to end on this note because... Not only is it an amazing feeling to look at your accomplishments kind of all in one place, but I really and truly think that it is necessary because one of the things that's hard about running your own business is, you know, that morale <laughs> that you might feel if you're at an office and you have like an office Christmas party or something. Um, we're doing this usually kind of on our own. And so as we're our own bosses, we're often really tough bosses. And, um, when you work a nine to five, you know, you'd have like a quarterly or an annual review where your boss would sit you down and tell you all, hopefully the many ways that you have contributed to the company and maybe they'll give you a bonus or a raise of some kind. We don't get that. Uh, in the traditional sense, but I think that it is a really smart and, um, and fun to be perfectly honest thing to do kind of a self review that gives at least as much attention to what we've done well as to where we could be doing better. You know, I don't know a single artist who doesn't do a very good job of identifying where they could be doing better in a lot of ways. <laughs> we are, we're really good at that. Um, but, Many of us struggle to recognize our own strengths, not just with art, but, you know, in all areas of our business. Maybe this year you took the time to really retool your website and that's converting better for you. Or maybe you were finally able to start to regularly book clients that kind of filled you up in a way that in the past you you were more on the hamster wheel. That is amazing. And that takes such uh, it's such a long, uh, long-term kind of a game. You know, that's not something that happens instantaneously. So if this year was your year for that, you need to pat yourself on the back for that. 
And this isn't just me trying to give you a pep talk, though I'm happy to do that any day, any time. But truly, spending some time thinking about what went well this year is super valuable. Because again, if you can identify the positive steps that you've taken and what has gotten traction, you can lean into that as you head into the next year. It's kind of, it is exactly the opposite of, you know, identifying the injury, the source of the injury. If you can identify the source of things that have gone well for you, you need to double down on that. If creating a system in your business ended up, you know, saving you time or earning you money or both, let's dive into systems for next year. What's the next thing that we can systematize and create um, a better process for? And remember, when you are thinking about your wins, they don't have to be big monumental things. This does not have to be, I increased revenue by 50%. Uh, it could be as simple as I had that one client who had a perfect experience start to finish. You know, we had a great session. They totally understood the communication and then they referred three people after the fact. And it was this end to end great experience. So that's just one client, but sometimes what seems like a, you know, a tiny twinkle of a, of an event or a result or an idea can turn into a diamond, you know, can turn out to be a diamond once you dig a little bit deeper, expose that a little bit more. For instance, if you booked, you know, four sessions this year in response to two newsletters you sent out, maybe next year you need to up your newsletter game. So if you, spent the beginning of the year focusing on how you could grow and nurture your list. And then you scheduled out 10 newsletters that you were going to send over the course of the year. You may very well get 40 new clients that were, you know, good clients from your newsletter. And that would be a much more monumental win. So to recap, the six things that I want you to think about as you sit down and review your year are your money, both your money in and your money out. And then I want you to dig a little bit into where the money was coming from and where the money was going, just so that you're not judging, but you have like a really clear idea about what the, um, what the balance of income and outflow is in your business. Then I want you to Take a look at how many clients you had and how that worked for you, whether you were too busy, not busy enough. Um, and that way, that'll help you set a goal for how many clients you want to work with next year. Number four is that you need to check in with yourself about the type of work that you did this year and whether that's working for you or not. Who were the clients that you worked with that were great? Who were the clients that you worked with that weren't great? What was the, you know, what was the balance of how excited you were or not excited you were to be doing what you're doing? So is there any opportunity for tweaking that or improving that? Number five, what were your biggest obstacles this year? And how can you tweak or change your business to overcome them? So you're going to be looking for the source of the problem rather than just sort of the obvious end results of those problems. And then number six is the opposite. You want to consider what your greatest achievements were this year and what activities or actions or habits or systems or any, you know, what was the root 
activity that you did that led to those achievements so that you can replicate that and grow that in the coming year. So I hope that those were helpful. I hope that they've got your wheels turning and I hope that this is a fun exercise for you. But I wanted to cover it today because I know many of us are getting ready to start thinking about our goals for next year, which I have an episode coming your way on exactly that topic. But considering goals for next year without first identifying what your real strengths and issues were this year will never get you as far. Those goals will be more arbitrary and arbitrary goals are never easy to execute. All right, that's it for this week. Don't forget to go sign up for January Jumpstart. It's at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash jumpstart and we will be getting started at the beginning of the year. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.